Welcome to the Lost Then Found Podcast. This is a space where we will discuss life, share truth, and gain an encouraging perspective, no matter our season or our circumstances. I'm your host, China Vogel, and this is a peek into my journey of being lost then found. Well, hello and welcome to the Lost Then Found podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today, uh, and we are still in our Trials and Tribulations series, and we are doing a mini-series on loss and grief. And this week, we are going to be looking at loss and grieving as it pertains to when seasons change. And, you know, it's ironic that I'm sitting here and I we're in the final days of 2021. Uh, there's literally an ending this week and there's a beginning, right, in just a few days. And so often we make these really big plans for the new year. I do it too. Like, I'm going to work out more or I'm going to be more disciplined or I'm going to paint more or I'm going to buy a planner and organize my entire life from top to bottom and it will work and it will be perfect. (laughs) It kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like all of a sudden we have this permission to dream about what we want to be or what we want to set our aim on as if any other time of the year is different than that. And I know I have approached each new year just like that, where I've looked at things and generally it's through the lens of things that I want to improve, right? Uh, Things that I want to make better, things that I don't like. And so I want to be healthier, you know, I want to have a better handle on my schedule, managing the things I oversee. I want to be more intentional with my parenting. I want to do more things that add joy to my heart and add joy to my home and so on. And so as we dive into this, I'm actually going to take you back. So if you'd come with me, we're going to rewind to the fall of 2018 Uh, at this point. So Justin and I have a seven month old uh, Zeladara. And within a very short amount of time, like we're talking in a couple months, uh, we found out, surprise, (laughs) we're pregnant with our second child that we were uh, not intending to have uh, that quickly. And that we were also going to be launching our second campus for our church and that we were going to be stepping into that pastor role for that campus. And so this season was marked with change, you know, and Really, it happened very quickly, but in some ways we were really able to kind of come along on this journey of, okay, this is happening. Okay, you know, you have nine months, right? Ten months to prepare for a baby to come. You kind of gradually get your head wrapped around, okay, there's going to be another child. (laughs) We're going to have another child. Or, oh man, we are going to be doing what we do, but in a different location with some different faces but doing a lot of the same stuff we were already doing. So what does that look like? Or what does it, you know, what does it mean to have two children that are under the age of two? That is not something I ever, ever (laughs) thought I would have the honor of saying that I had two kids under two. I almost feel like it's a badge of honor now, (laughs) now that I'm a few years into it, that I was not that girl. I did not want to babysit. When I was young, I thought babies were cool, but they kind of It's like, they kind of scare me. I feel like I'm going to break you. So what does that even mean to have two children under two? Like that was such a far stretch from maybe what I thought my life was going to look like. And a lot of that stuff 
was super exciting. Like, uh, man, there's moments in my life, and maybe you can identify with this, where God does something very exciting. And like, you can, it's like you can almost see like, oh man, God is doing something here. And I end up holding, it's like I'm holding my breath and I'm holding my heart even right now as I say it, like almost like spiritually, I'm holding my breath like, oh God, what are you going to do? I'm so excited. What are you going to do here? And I had that, you know, when we first went into ministry, I I had that feeling where there was this, you know, scripture talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. The same thing washed over me and I know for Justin, we're, man, we're jumping into deep water, but God, where are you calling us? What are you going to do through this? There's this like holding your breath in anticipation, but then there's also this holding your breath of like, how in the world is this going to happen? <laughs> like, how are we going to get from A to Z? How's that going to happen? And in all the excitement and the joy of it, I can tell you that over the last few years of stepping into that, there have been plenty of having to reconcile those those evolutions of those seasons, those changes. That as much joy as there was, there was also like this, I have to reconcile what this looks like now. So the the change, like I said, of becoming a mom of not just two, but two under two, two when it wasn't my plan, <laughs> two when that very much so looked like I had to lay more of myself down, that I had to die more to try and be the mom that I want to be and to, to mother them well. There was also, man, the, the change of leaving our, you know, I'm quotations, our home at our Clinton campus. That was where we started ministry. That's where we knew every single face. That was home. And we were stepping out into this very exciting new campus, but everything that was familiar was farther away. It was removed. There was even change in relationships. I'm sure you can imagine that, you know, naturally we're not walking into the same place on Sunday mornings anymore. And so those relationships that were fostered a lot based off of having that weekly touch point, not that they died off, but they just changed because we weren't there every week, right? There's a lot of change and those see that season change happened um, kind of over time, but there was a lot of it all at once. And then, you know, as I'm thinking through that memory, I, you know, fast forward to a more recent memory and I'm having a coffee date with a friend. So we're sitting there, we're talking about our lives and we've known each other for uh, years now and talking about how we've evolved from being, you know, single to married to mothers. And for both of us, we had these very abrupt, oh, that's not the way I thought it was going to be kind of changes, right? And as we were talking, this kind of like emerging theme came out and maybe it didn't come out this pointed, but as I've reflected back on it, it was almost like this is what was underneath the surface there of like, I didn't think it was going to be like this. And maybe for you, that sounds familiar. Maybe that makes you squirm because it's something that has been underneath the surface there for you too, of like, man, this just isn't the way I thought my life would look. This just isn't what I dreamed it to be. And maybe you didn't think it would look this hard or that it would hurt this bad, <laughs> or that it would cost you this much. Or maybe you think, how did I get here? God, did you bring me out here to die? Did you bring me out here to abandon me? <laughs> God, this is not how I thought it was going to look. <laughs> and I'm tearing up because I know I've had those moments, just as seasons have changed, of like coming hard up against that tension 
of what do I do with that? What do I do with that when it's not how I thought it would be? And in scripture, there's someone who found themselves in a similar place. So we're going to be looking in Genesis 1, and we're going to be looking at Hagar. So she was a handmaid of Sarah who was married to Abram or Sarai at that point. And through some circumstances, she was pregnant. She was rejected. She had been abused and she was despised. And she ended up running away because the abuse became so unbearable. And that happened. Uh, She ran away once because the abuse was terrible. And then she was fully sent out, like cast out another time a few chapters later. So she goes out into the desert. She's pregnant. Like there was no, there was no hope for her for that moment that she found herself in. And she's sitting there. She's rejected. She's alone. She's probably very confused. And the angel of the Lord came to her and spoke to her. And that's where we're going to pick up. So in Genesis 1, 7, says, Now the angel of the Lord found Hagar by a spring of water in the desert. The spring was along the road to Shur. Hagar, servant of Sarai, he said, Where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. So the angel of the Lord told her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then the angel added, I will greatly multiply your offspring, so that they will be too numerous to count. I will greatly multiply your offspring so that they will be too numerous to count. And then the angel of the Lord proceeded, Behold, you have conceived and will bear a son, and you shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. He will be a wild donkey of a man. And his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. He will live in hostility towards all of his brothers. So Hagar gave this name to the Lord who had spoken to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, here I have seen the one who sees me. Therefore, the well was called Ber Lahe Roy and is located between Kadesh and Bered. In her despair. You know, Hagar, she's cast out, she's despised, she's pregnant, she's all alone. So in her moment of need, God shows up and through the angel of the Lord, he gave her a promise. You know, he promises who her descendants would be, who her son would be, which also implies, hey, you're not going to die here. (laughs) Oh, and he also gave her directions on what to do. So, so he told her, hey, go back and submit to Sarai. And that was maybe not an easy thing, but gave her the promise and he gave her directions on what to do next. And Hagar, she responds to the Lord by saying, you are the God who sees me. Now I see the God who sees me. So he revealed himself to her and she was able to see him rightly that now God sees me. And he saw her and that name that actually goes back to the Hebrew, it's Elroy, the God who sees. And then we fast forward. So to chapter 21. So like I said, this happens twice. And Hagar and Ishmael are sent back out into the wilderness. Sarai gets angry at her and sends her back out. Something similar happens all over again. So in chapter 21, verse 14, it says, early in the morning, Abraham got up, took bread and a skin of water, put them on Hagar's shoulder and sent her away with the boy. That was per Sarah's request. And so she left and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she left the boy under one of the bushes and she went off and sat down nearby about a bow shot away. 
And she said, I cannot bear to watch my boy die. And as she sat nearby, she lifted up her voice and she wept. Then God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. What is wrong, Hagar? Do not be afraid for God has heard the voice of the boy where he lies. Get up, lift up the boy and take him by the hand for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy. So once again, she finds herself in in a similar place. She was rejected. She was outcast. She was with her child thinking, this is the end. My son's going to die. I'm going to die. And God, in the same way, he returns to her again and does it the same way. He encourages her. He restates his original promise that, hey, Ishmael will become a great nation. So therefore, you won't die right now. He won't die right now. And then he gave her directions, get up, grab his hand. And he opened her eyes. He revealed to her what to do and said, hey, like showed her, hey, there's water right here. And that's what sustained her and sustained her son. And so looking at these stories, it brought me to a few conclusions. And maybe um, hearing this, these passages of scripture, maybe it thinks, makes you think of your last season or it's kind of um, feeling like your current season, or maybe this is just something that you can apply as you're looking ahead to the new year. You know, we have this expectation, this hope that there's this new season, but regardless of where we find ourselves, I believe that there's some overarching truths that we can all pull from here. So no matter the season, here's where we're going to start out. Number one, we need to allow ourselves to cry out to God. So regardless of the season, we cry out to God. Good, bad, looking ahead, we cry out to God. Just like Agar, the angel stated in Genesis 1.11, God has heard your cry of affliction. And then again, in 21.17, the angel said that God heard the voice of Ishmael. God heard their cries. He heard their cries and he hears your cries. He hears the unspoken. He hears the ones that you're writing down, the ones that you say underneath your breath. He hears the ones that you scream in your car when you are at your wit's end. God hears your cry. And just like it was for Hagar and Ishmael, God was provoked and he was moved when they cried out to him. And as you cry out, as you crowd in your pain and you share what's in your heart with the Lord, I would challenge you to cry out, not only to express what's in there, but to cry out for understanding about where you are and maybe even more specifically about what season you are in and what the Lord is trying to teach you. We need to understand the season we are in so we can best yield to what the Lord is trying to accomplish in us. So to know what season we're in, we need his wisdom and we need supernatural understanding. Some scripture just to support that is Proverbs 2, 2 through 5. It's the ESV. 
says, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. And then Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So we don't trust ourselves. We trust in the Lord. Psalm 119, 130 says the unfolding of your words give light and imparts understanding to the simple. And that's something to note here. We aren't crying out to understand all of it. I'm not saying, God, you owe me answers. <laughs> but we are crying out for understanding, to gain understanding. And that doesn't mean that God's going to show us all the cards. But it does mean, I believe with all my heart, because God has been this for me, that he will reveal to me and reveal to you exactly what we need at exactly the right time, if we're asking for it. When we search for it, when we, you know, in that Psalm 119, 130, it says, uh, the unfolding of your word gives light. If you feel dark, <laughs> read the word of God as it unfolds before you, like it will bring light to your mind and to your spirit. It will give understanding to the simple. And I can feel simple sometimes. I don't know about you. I feel pretty simple sometimes. But understanding and wisdom, hear me, they're available regardless of how smart you feel. <laughs> it's not about how you feel. That's a promise for everybody, for everybody. So what do we do? We cry out to God. And number two, we need to wrestle with God. And this idea of wrestling comes from, ironically enough, Genesis as well. But we're looking a few more generations down the line and looking at Jacob. So Abraham um, married Sarah, had Isaac. And then Isaac married Rebekah and had Jacob. So Jacob's story is messy and it's complicated. Uh, he made a lot of poor choices. <laughs> But there is this moment in his life where he ends up physically wrestling with God. And in the midst of the struggle, so he thought it was just a man he's wrestling. But then he realizes, oh, this isn't just a man. Like I've, a lot of commentary that I've looked at, it's like he becomes aware, like I'm wrestling with a divine being of some sort. And so he ends up saying, I will not let you go unless you bless me. But I think something we can take from Jacob is that concept of wrestling. And this takes me back to my friend and I's conversation. And like I said, maybe you find yourself in a place like that, like what I described, where you feel stuck. You feel like life was thrust upon you, that circumstances were thrust upon you. And maybe they were. Like you didn't sign up for it and you don't want it. <laughs> you don't want it the way it is. Or it's just too hard, or maybe the cost is too high. And maybe you find yourself wanting to tag out or give up, or even crave a simpler time. And I know that the Vogels have done that. We found ourselves reminiscing almost comically about when we were back in college. Man, we had simple bills to pay, we had no kids, <laughs> and life was so much simpler, so much simpler back then. Our schedules were 
a fraction of what we deal with now. I think it can be okay to look back, but I think we have to be careful because we can find ourselves pining for a simpler time and it makes us more dissatisfied with our current season. Instead of pining for, man, I just wish it was simpler. I think that looking back can give us a perspective shift. Man, look where God has brought me from. It's amazing how God grows our capacity, right? He grows our ability to bear under harder weight and heavier things. And so instead of pining when we look back, we need to say, thank God that he has developed me as much as he has. Thank God that he's grown my ability to manage my time and to to look after two human beings that are fully reliant on me. Thank God that he entrusts me to do the things that he's given me to do. And friend, that's the same thing for your season right now. (laughs) You didn't go from, in my example, of going from being a college-age student to a mom of two little girls and ministry full-time and all these things. That didn't happen overnight. That happened through seasons of me being stretched and grown and developed under the Lord's mighty hand. And that's the same for your season right now. It's the same for my season right now. The Lord, if it feels like it hurts, it's because he's pruning things. It's because he's crushing things out of you. It's because he's stretching you and he wants to develop you. So we don't pine, but we do look back to give us perspective to say, you know what? The Lord has brought me a long way to where I'm at now to be able to do the things I'm doing now. And the Lord will sustain me to go wherever I'm headed next. He will grow me and he will carry me through. So a little bit of a soapbox there, but we don't pine. We don't pine, but it is okay to wrestle with God. It is okay. It's okay to have the same kind of persistence that Jacob did to find our blessing. And for many of us, I need you to hear this. For many of us, our blessing is hidden in the lesson of our specific season. Let me say that again. Your blessing is hidden in the lesson. We wrestle with God. We wrestle to work out and to um, figure things out in the sense of like, I need to be able to reconcile things that weren't resolved. And if you feel unresolved, especially like I said, if you're in that place where you find yourself Um, maybe not saying it out loud, but saying, man, I didn't sign up for this, man, this doesn't, didn't, this isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) This isn't how I thought it would look. You need to go wrestle that out with the Lord and he will meet you. Like he's ready. He's ready on the other side. And friend, when you wrestle that out with the Lord, he's going to bring revelation and clarity. Just like we talked about in that Proverbs and those two Psalms earlier, And even if it doesn't look the way or feel the way that you thought it was going to, he knows what's best for you. And maybe this is the way he had to do it to achieve the the capacity and the stretching and the growing and the fruit that's going to come. So we cry out to God. We wrestle with God. And finally, we need to allow ourselves to dream with God. And maybe you're in a season or you've just come out of a season where you feel absolutely 
devastated you feel crushed and the thought of having even an ounce of hope to dream about anything besides like surviving to tomorrow morning feels very far off. Or maybe you've had a track record of like you're you're messy, right? Maybe you've made bad choices and maybe maybe it feels like, man, I missed it. I've screwed it up so many times before. I've missed it so many times before. I'm I'm scared to even hope that I could do something different or hope that he could actually do what he said he was going to do. And either way, God is inviting us to dream with him, regardless of where you find yourself. But you need to dream with God and he will not only provide you God dreams in your heart, but he's also good and uh, faithful and capable enough to keep you on the right path and to get you there, to get you to the finish line. And so often that part scares me. Like, man, what if I screw this up? Like I have been so unfaithful (laughs) in my history. What if I just botch this again? Or how often have I messed it up, right? But no, he is a shepherd and he is good to lead us down the right path if we allow him to lead us. If we continually go back to him to be like, where am I going? Where am I going? Lord, what what do you have for this moment? Lord, what dream do you want to put in my heart? And I've got, man, Psalm 23. It's got it. Two through three. It says, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And Psalm 17, 6, my steps have held fast to your paths and my feet have not slipped. Like his path is good. His path is the one that the righteous take where righteousness is found. And he will hold you fast. And you know, Hagar going back to her, man, she cried out. And she was reminded of the promise. I will make a great nation of you and your descendants. And then he was prompted to give direction after. Go back to Sarai. Or God saying, get up. And then revealing water to her that was right in front of her. Friend, you need to be reminded of the promise of God. And you need to get your direction from God. And once again, going back to to where we're at sitting right now at the end of 2021, I'm sure we all have our plans, right? And it's okay to make plans. Plans are good. Like without direction, without plans, it falls apart. That's biblical. But friend, good plans don't always equate God plans. Let me repeat it. Good plans don't always equate God plans. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps he's the one he's the one who actually uh, prevails at the end of the day (laughs) so we need to make our plans god plans by dreaming with god by crying out to him by wrestling with him and no matter the season you know we once again we cry out we wrestle we dream with him and he will give you everything you need He is holding you in his hands. He has not forgotten you. And he will not forsake you where he's brought you to. We just got to look up. (laughs) And this passage out of Daniel just so struck me. 
Daniel 2, 21 through 22. This is God speaking. I change the times and seasons. I remove kings and I establish them. I give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. I reveal the deep and hidden things and I know what lies in darkness and light dwells with me. He is in charge of it, friend. He's in charge of it. Let us not forget. Let us not think for a second that our fight is against anyone else or that anyone else put us where we're at. And yes, we are impacted by other people's choices all the time. But God is the one who is holding you. He is um, everything in the earth, on the earth, above the earth, submits to his authority. And so he is the one that you need to reconcile it with. He is in control. He knows right where he has you. And I believe he wants to give you understanding and wisdom so that way you can embrace the season you're in to grow and learn from it and to not be there any longer than you have to be. So I love you. I'm going to pray over you before we go. But Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are in control. I thank you that you are a God who is present. You are close, but yet you know everything. But yet you have all the cards laid out in front of you. And you chose for us to be right where we are right in this moment. God, that we trust that by your hand, God, that you are going to give us understanding. God, we trust that you uh, hear us when we whisper, when we pray, when we cry out, Lord, that you are hearing us. And God, I trust that if I bring anything to you, even if I'm angry or upset or frustrated, God, that you're not scared and you're ready to wrestle that out with me. You're ready to wrestle it out so I can understand and receive all the blessings that you have for me in it. Lord, that you don't bring us into hard seasons just to abandon us there, but so that way we can grow and be developed and to learn and mature from them. So God, I just pray that for anyone listening, God, we just submit to you. We submit to your sovereignty. We submit to your lordship that we didn't stumble to where we're at, that you have not forgotten us here and that you're just but a breath away <laughs> that we just have to call out and you're, and you're there. So I pray that you'd bring comfort. I pray that you'd bring understanding. And God, I pray that we would have the discernment that comes by your Holy Spirit to understand our season and what you're trying to show us. Lord, help us to be quick to obey and quick to listen. We love you. And Lord, we are for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. I really pray that that encourages you once again, no matter where you find yourself. And we will see you next week.